I'm going to do something vulnerable right now that scares me a lot. And it scares me because this time slot, even if I'm up here, is normally what we would call a sermon. What I have for you all would not be truthful to call a sermon. That does not mean there is no spiritual meaning to pull from this. It is more of like, think testimony. And testimonies scare me. Because it's a lot easier to read a text and tell you something about the text and hide. I'm so excited to tell you about a fantastic program that I've been working on thanks to a grant that I've been able to receive, a couple grants I've been able to receive, and the generosity of all of you allowing me to spend my time on this, and I am so scared you'll hate it. So let me just get all that out there and say, I am going to do something risky. So we're gonna talk about roughly three things. First, I'm gonna try to explain to you what this thing I call affect is. Then I'm gonna tell you a couple of stories of why I think affect is so fantastic and I'm so excited to do it again. And then finally, I'm hoping to be able to bring us something that we together can reflect on in our church body and how something that I'm experiencing with a bunch of high schoolers can impact our whole church community and Western Springs and surrounding villages, okay? You can't be Presbyterians for me. You gotta be kind of a little bit vocal and naughty, okay? <laughs> Thank you, okay, okay, okay. So, my little tagline for AFECT, I need to double check that I remember it. The tagline that I've been using is working together to learn more about effective tabletop games with meaning. What do I mean by that? Well, I have a couple examples of what I don't mean by that that'll help us figure out where we're going. So first, I love reading. Does anybody else like reading? I love reading, it is so fun. I kind of fall asleep on nonfiction books, and it makes me tired, and it's hard to make it through. And so what I've been doing recently in the past couple years is moving away from forcing myself to read these educational books because it'll make me a better human, and it's worth it, and it's exercise, and it's all that, and saying, I'm going to pause that. And instead, finding fantasy or fiction that I love but also engages with something deep and helps me grow as a person. So I have two books. Both of these books I think would be accurately categorized as anti-racist books. They teach you about the experience of being black in America and teach you something about yourself as someone who is not someone who is black in America. Um, this one by Shaniqua Walker Barnes, I Bring the Voices of My People, fantastic book. Every line feels underlinable. It is so good. I am like halfway through it and I've been reading this for like five years. I have not finished it. I just can't for some reason. But this book, The Hate You Give, by Angie Thomas, looks much bigger. It's got bigger words and that helps, but it's a story. It is a fictional story and I also, well, no, I have finished this book. And so I think that there's something, at least in my life, and maybe it's reflected in someone else's life, where the, the media we consume for fun has this opportunity to form us in a much more lasting or pervasive way than the media we consume just to learn. Not that there's no purpose for that or that there's no need for that, but that there's something redeemable in what we do for fun that might teach us. 
And I want to find out how to do that with board games. One example of that is the difference between, I forgot to grab it, think Monopoly. That's a game, you just have fun, you do it. Compare that with like this game Ripple Effect or Home Sweet Homelessness, these are educational games. These exist as tools for us to learn. These are not necessarily existing for fun. What I don't want to do with Affect is make a bunch of these. Educational games already exist, they're already fantastic and I'm so glad they're there. I'm not trying to make educational games. I'm also not trying to just make the next Monopoly. I'm also not just trying to make the next Risk because those are just fun without much thought about learning. Let's do a little exercise. What do you think Monopoly teaches you when you play it, whether on purpose or on accident? What's something it might teach you? Capitalism. Capitalism. It's okay to have all that you need and step on people to get there because now I'm winning, and that's great. But it also teaches amazing things, right? Like teaches you money math. That's very developmentally important. It teaches you counting in spaces. It teaches you recognition of your piece and other people's piece and comparing it, their strategy. So there's good things and there's bad things that we learn from the games that we play, whether we realize that's happening or not. One example of a game that I think does what I'm trying to do with Affect really, really well is this game called Wingspan. This is one of my favorite games in the world. And it's like in the top 25 board games and board game lists. It's not just a game that's out there. This is a very popular, very fun board game. And if you play this and you pay attention, you will become an expert in so many different birds and you will start recognizing them around you because every one of these cards has information on the wingspan of each bird information on where it is local to, information on the type of eggs it lays, and none of that is necessary for playing the game. But by playing it, you're engaging with it and learning and creating recognition. One last example. I love coffee. I roast coffee, I brew coffee. But coffee, especially in how we get coffee from the countries we get it, is very complex and rooted in a lot of potential harm for the world. So I can read big, thick books like this, Brewing Justice, all about whether fair trade is good or bad or helps or doesn't help, and it is a slog, and none of you should ever have to read this. <laughs> but tomorrow, on Monday, I'll be meeting with the AFECT group, the high schoolers, the seven to eight high schoolers that I meet with every Monday, and I have a game that I came up with that I hope is fun and by playing it, you'll learn more about what exists in the coffee supply chain and why some bits that might increase your production really damages either the earth or the workers. And how do we find a way to make that feel better in the midst of it, both globally and with the people? So that's what I'm trying to walk these teens through it. The way we're doing that is we have three phases. The first phase is we just play board games and they rate it. They rate a board game on how fun it was, they rate it on how complex the mechanics were, what mechanics were there, and then they rate it on if it taught them anything and what it taught them, whether intentionally or unintentionally, just like we had our conversation about Monopoly. That was phase one. Phase two, we did what I, what's called print and play, and there's a table out there with all kinds of examples of this, where there's this there's sites where you can go and download for free or for like $3 whole games in PDF form. And this is how they're selling it, is a PDF. 
and you have to print it on your printer, you have to cut it, and then you can play it. And so we've been downloading those, and as a group, trying to figure out how to produce those cards or those figures or whatever in the most professional feeling way. So there's a couple examples on that table, not the ones that actually look professional. I think you'll know which ones we did ourselves or not, but we're learning how to make cards in a way that feel as close as we can get without being this massive printing production, right? And so we have tools like a Cricut, a laser engraver, a 3D printer, and we're using those to try and create these games in a print and play setting. And then tomorrow is phase three where we get to start making our own games together, me and these high schoolers, where we take some form of meaning, some underlying thing and essence, and try to put it in some game with some compelling mechanics and make it fun, just like we've been rating these games the whole way through on their mechanics, their fun, and their meaning. Now we're doing it on purpose, and I'm so excited for that. So, that's what Affect is. I think that took a little bit longer than I planned on it, so I get to tell you my stories a lot quicker. Here's a couple stories. Um, I spent a whole weekend with a bunch of fantastic high schoolers during LionCon. I don't know if any of you know that LionCon exists, but it's this convention that Lions Township High School and the D&D Club puts on, and it's a massive event. They get the whole corral, and it is just filled, and people are dressed up, and it's so fun. Everyone's playing games. Everybody's buying things. And there were people there that knew me, but they only knew me as Ben. And that felt wrong to them. They felt like they needed a last name for me. And so they decided that my new name is Ben Affect. And so since then, they see me, and they go, hey, it's Ben Affect. And I'm... I thought that the coolest nickname I could have was like, I get to be like Pastor Ben, that feels cool. Like that was like a goal in my life and I was like, oh, that's gonna be so fun. No, I'm Ben Affect and that's way cooler. <laughs> that is so much more fun. Um, another experience, we were sitting in our room that we meet in around a table doing our print and play. I had brought in some stuff for us to work on. We're cutting, we're talking. Me and Derek, another youth director who's been joining us in this program, and we're sitting with, I think it was like five high schoolers, none of them that are associated with our church in any way at all in that moment, and just talking. And at this point, they had figured out that me and Derek worked at churches. We didn't necessarily lead with that, but they'd figured it out. And they kept sharing their spiritual experiences or kept sharing where they land in their faith journey and why they're kind of not sure about the church and why they're not really a fan of what they've heard from this or that or the other thing. And we're just affirming them and saying like, yeah, you're right, that is crazy. And they're sharing some deep stuff just because we're there, just because we're all working and occupying our hands. I always think it helps to have something to occupy your hands and you don't have to make eye contact with the person you're being vulnerable with. But we've had so many beautiful moments like that where they're just talking to us about faith. They're talking to us about life. They're talking to us about what they're experiencing in the political landscape today as high schoolers. And we can just sit and listen. We've had times where two, I think the biggest we had was like four or five high schoolers have come into our building to work on these print and plays. We've had people like Scott, we've had people like Hank, we've had people like Mindy there with me and we're working on these games together and the same thing's happening except for 
because we're not in the school, we can play music and so we're blasting like 90s grunge because it's what they wanted to listen to. I don't know why they want to listen to 90s music, but it's fine. So we're listening to this 90s grunge in our, oh, I can't do that, in our little room and just working on these games and sharing life together. But the point is, because I can walk into this room and say, hi, I'm Ben and I love board games, this community that would be so scared of who I am if I said, hey, I'm Ben, I work at a church, was able to welcome me with open arms and we became a community and as I start to share, hey, I also work at a church, they're more and more comfortable jumping in on the things that we might be doing at the church, even coming into the church building and going, I didn't light on fire. This isn't all that bad. And that's truly how it feels. And that's fair. And that's real. So there's a couple stories of what I've experienced as well. Um, so finally, here's our last bit. I, here's some things I want you all to think about in this testimony, why, what this might have to do with all of us. First is my selfish, selfish plug. Do you know any teens in high school or middle school who love board games or any kind of games? Because next semester, we're doing it again. So we're gonna be meeting with high schoolers and then we'll also be meeting with middle schoolers doing this same program with a little bit of tweaks and trying to find ways to build fun games infused with meaning. But tying it back more into our passage, how do we think about our ordinary everyday spaces in a way that is spiritual? And what I don't mean is how do we invite people to church? Because they're not even, in my experience, so many people who are not going to church are not even at the point where they're ready to be asked to go to church. Because maybe there's hurt that's happened in their life. Maybe there's a general distrust of faith or Christianity. Whatever it is, they're not even ready to visit a church. But how do we embody these things that we learn on a Sunday, these things that we experience on a Sunday, this confession, this um, experience of writing that which would be wrong, living in the kingdom of God and step into our everyday spaces, whether it's the gym, your school, your workplace, and live the life of Christ and just care for people. And how do you create safe spaces like what I'm proud to say, Affect, it seems to be for the teens that we're engaging with. Um, and then finally, I want to put on your radar that I am planning a massive celebration for the conclusion of AFECT. So on May 20th, I'm 99% sure, May 20th, Lyons Township High School, North Campus, I'm going to be booking a room. They should have a bunch of games that they've come up with that they're ready to show you and play with you. And I would love nothing more than to just overwhelm them with how many people are coming to see what they came up with. So I will be sharing more info on that as I have it, but I need you to be having that on your radar that when that comes, I want to overwhelm them with the love from this church that they didn't know they had, okay? So before we get into the last song, I want to reread this scripture passage that we've been meditating on in the midst of this testimony. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do 
for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit in without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. Thank you for allowing me to do something risky, my family. (laughs) 